So, what was that? Hey, can you help me understand? Hey, uh, that what did that mean? Hey, what did you mean when you said... What happens now? Hey, can you explain? Hey, can you help me understand? I like that. Well, hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Gary. And we want to welcome you again to the Family Room Conversations. Um, it's been a very fun week. It's been a bit of a busy week. We had uh, our D-Now weekend this past weekend. Um, so the message that you recorded uh, uh, this past week and, and our online family would have seen on, well, on Sunday, right. um, is not the message that was preached because we had a guest preacher and his right. name was... Ray Sullivan. Ray yeah. Sullivan. And yeah. he was working with our students this week. And so um, I guess I would, I would love to get, I saw the online service, but I'd love to get kind of a recap of what you guys both talked about. So what, let's start with the online okay. sermon. Will you kind of recap what you talked about this week? Yeah, so we uh, captured again the idea of the church in, in a re, restart mode following COVID and all that's been going on in the last year. And so what we were doing is setting ourselves up for what we're going to talk about this coming weekend. And that is that as we move into the day where less people seem to be engaged with the church, churches are closing, etc., that uh, the audience of people out there is, has changed. And we talked about you know, people that are skeptics, people that are seekers, people that are, are wounded having had some really, really bad experiences. And then we talked about another group, which is probably the hardest ones to reach, and they are what I would call cultural believers, where they believe in something. They might be God-fearing Americans, but we really don't know fully what they do believe in. Yeah. I remember thinking, I remember thinking when I was watching your service, uh, your sermon this week, mm -hmm. that um, uh, of a time when I was younger and uh, I would always hear things like, you're, you're going to run into people that think, oh, well, I'm, I'm a good person, so I'll get into heaven. Sure. And, I, and all those kind of things like that. And I would always go, nah, you know, I'll never hear anybody that really thinks that. And then like immediately I would go to go to school and someone unprompted would say that to yeah, me. Sure. Just all kind of think that those people are really out there mm -hmm. um, and that it is really important for us to. And that's a question I think everyone wrestles with all around planet Earth since the beginning of time. And it's the question, how good is good enough, mm. you know, to, to know God? Right. You talked about the, the Lewis thing, that every, every person, one of the reasons we might believe that there is another world is because we can't reconcile that there is something wrong with this world. Right, right. Some, sometimes we're so dissatisfied. C.S. Lewis said, I am dissatisfied in this lifetime, and I just can't seem to find the satisfaction I want here. So because I can't find it here, there must be a there another life where perhaps I can find the satisfaction I can't find here. Yeah, it's, it's intriguing to read. Um, many years ago, someone told me, uh, for every author you read of the contemporary day, go to an author from another time in the past, and you'll always see there's a lot of similarities. Whether you, whether you know it or not, you'll discover there are. Right, the solemn, Solomon, exactly. everything is circular, everything is... Um, nothing's new under the sun, right? There you go. Um, okay, so... Also, Ray mm -hmm. preached to our, our students all week, our, sorry, our next gen all weekend, and um, preached on Sunday. Kind of give me a recap of what he talked about. Well, actually, we had a unique speaker for the students, and Ray came in just for Sunday oh, to be okay. a pensioner, yeah. Uh, but he did a great job. He's a great friend, and uh, Ray is a, just well-versed in discipleship, and Ray talked about the importance of the church understanding its mission of going into the world and making disciples and being assured of the presence of God. And in doing so, understanding we're called to make disciples. And uh, so he talked about it as a church. He talked about it, uh, you know, for parents. He talked about it at all levels. And really, um, 
I think he really challenged us. A lot of people came up afterwards and, and uh, you know, said, hey, while wow, that really spoke to me about the responsibility I have to disciple other people. Oh, yes. Mm, I love that. So I know something we talked about was really uh, about why it's important to disciple people. Could you kind of speak to that for me? Yeah, discipling people, it, it, the, the analogy he used, which I think is beautiful, is he said, you know, if you want to teach someone how to swim, you don't sit them down and do a monologue on teaching, here's how you swim, here's a book on how to swim, here's a video on how to swim. You take them in the pool. Yeah. And he said, so discipleship is of the same. You, you don't just say, well, here's how you pray. Uh, you know, here's an example of praying. Here's a video on praying. That You say, all right, let's get together and do all those, and let's also practice praying together and talk about what real prayer is and engaging with God. Yeah. Um, so not only is it, um, you know, the classroom part is pretty much what the church is built around, but the lab part where you begin to put it into practice and experience it together. And that was something he, he really brought home that I thought was very powerful. That is, I have this, this image in my head as soon as you, you'd said that about the swimming of that really seemingly horrible video of, uh, that I see on the internet sometimes of a swim instructor just tossing a yeah, small child yeah, into the sure, pool sure. Um, yeah. in swim lessons. And, um, and sure, of course, it was all safe, but it's just so jarring to look yeah, at. Um, yeah. But I remember in college, one of uh, one of my best friends growing up, one of the older people in my life that was super influential to me, just all of a sudden just started telling me his story. I'd known this guy for two or three years, and I'd know his story. I'd heard him preach it to other people. I'd even seen him on church platforms and, and pulpits speaking it out to the audiences okay. we were playing for. And he just starts telling me his story and uh, kind of got to the end of it. And I was, you know, going to say you know, why are you telling me that? Sure. But he didn't really have to give me an opportunity. He just said, okay, now you go. Oh, wow. And that was such an, uh, a kind of a, a similarly jarring moment for me, but it was also something I'd never really done before. I'd done all kind of ministry and ministering to people before and probably trying disciple making at that time, but I'd never been just thrown into, okay, now your turn. So, so how did you do? Uh, not, I mean, probably <laughs> like those children being thrown yeah. in the pool, not as well as I wanted to do the first time. Sure. But I needed that because that was a comfortable situation. Right. Um, and uh, it would be much more uncomfortable later um, talking with, with strangers, with non-believers. Right. Um, but I knew the important parts to hit. You know, I, I grew to love Jesus because Jesus loved me first, mm -hmm. and I've only grown to lo love him more because I've only seen him loving me more yeah. past like those that. things. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's, we're talking about disciple making. I think, uh, I love that analogy of just not, maybe not necessarily getting thrown in the pool every single time, but having to get in the pool to learn how to do that, having to actually do the things rather than just watching YouTube videos sure. on how to make a disciple. And it doesn't work. I mean, you know, honestly, even 2000 years ago, Jesus himself he taught, he discussed, he gave real life examples, he even gave illustrations and stories, but at the same time, he still said, all right, you're going out two by two, and you're going to do everything we've been talking about. Right. Well, and before that, you 12 guys are going to come do this with me right. for three years. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, Ray didn't invent it, but I think uh, he just purified, got back to that pure definition of discipleship of not only the teaching part, but helping them to learn to obey by practicing and trying and assessing and going with that sure yeah i love because that brings us back to like am i in somebody's group where they are teaching me how to disciple and am i bringing people into my group where i'm helping uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Well, helping them learn how to disciple. Kind of multiplication. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Yeah, Ray always has a great question. He asks people, he goes, this is how you know who you're either being discipled by or who you're discipling. So something bad happens at 2.30 in the morning, who do you call? Mm. He said, that's probably the person either you're being discipled by or the person you're discipling. I love that. Yeah. That's a good, another important question to ask yourself mm. in the mirror. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, is there anything else you wanted to hit on? Well, the other thing I would just hit on was Ray and I discussed uh, also the importance of discipling family. And and I can't say um, I was the world's best at it and, and just kind of learned along the way because honestly, um, I don't really remember as a child anybody I knew who who my age was discipled by parents or family or anybody like that. Um, but looking at what's coming out of COVID, I think we're just discovering the importance of family and the number of kids, middle schoolers and high schoolers that are involved in counseling now and, and everybody got shut down and stayed home. And, and, and if there's any kind of bad uh, thing going on in your home that you kind of kept mask in the corner, mm-hmm. it's come out. Yeah. And uh, so if there's ever been a time where discipleship in a home has been as significant, man, it's right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been, uh, obviously, I didn't grow up here. I've been through several churches, and one of the most important common threads I, I've seen in those churches, I think, is um, talking specifically about, specifically about children's ministry and student mem- ministry, talking to those ministers, like, what I do is important, but then talking to the parents, but what you do is like so much more important. Sure. Um, I, I would love to give you and your children the tools, but the ministry that happens, the discipleship needs to happen at home. And, mm-hmm. and those are those are the students that are going to succeed. Yeah, yeah. And God, you know, God's given those children to those parents. I mean, for my wife and I, God blessed us with two kids and said, these are your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we have a huge burden to responsibility to disciple them. Um and we've, you know, we've navigated it pretty well. But even now they're in college and we still disciple them as well. Right. Yeah. So I think I would say, maybe as my last thing, I, I obviously don't have any kids, but I, I very much relate with the feeling of, well, I'm just going to have to figure it out when I get there. So what would you say to somebody that wants to learn more about that? how do I disciple my kids? What are the resources out there um, hmm. for for those people that would want to learn more? How do I well, there's disciple to my Great resources online, um, ministries like Focus on the Family, uh, ChristianBook.com, um, churches like a North Point Fellowship Church, Lifeway. I mean, the resources out there, honestly, are in over an abundance. I mean, there's so many amazing resources by amazing authors and ministries. I mean, you can just close your eyes and grab one. <clears throat> I think, honestly, Zach, it's more of just being intentional of saying, I'm going to grab a resource and, and, and I'm just going to grab a resource. And whatever resource I pick, I'll carve out a few minutes a day to spend with my kids. I think sometimes I've heard uh, parents talking about discipleship almost like I went to seminary and took a theology class. That, that's not discipleship. Mm-hmm. Discipleship, and Jesus modeled it so well, sometimes it's two or three minutes with somebody, four or five minutes discussion and and. You know, it's it's a it's a it's it's all hinged around relationship. So there are those formal moments. You know, like for example, my son and I—he was in middle school, 
and we went to Waffle House before school and did some together. It's also those teachable moments where life it, life has an interruption, and you can drop a truth there to let someone just meditate on as well. Yeah. And it's built in, I think it all hinges upon that relationship. You, know, you said earlier, Jesus discipled the 12, and, and it was in relationship, a small group. And I think that is the context in which real discipleship happens in relationship. Yeah, I like that. Well, this has been great. I know we wanted to get kind of another plug in before we wrap up about... Date Night Live. Date Night Live, right. Yeah, talking about relationship. So we're going to have a great event here at our church uh, on April 17th and April 24th. They're both Saturday nights starting at 7 o'clock. And uh, so we are going to have a great time. It's not a marriage conference. It's just a lot of fun. And getting couples together to have a great, great time, eat some food, and going to have a whole bunch of surprises and giveaways. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And so we're just telling people, the 17th is already full, but the 24th has slots still open. Uh, Go to our website, fbcrinkin.com, and uh, right there on the front page, they can sign up if they like to participate. It's only $20 a couple. And that covers a meal and everything else that's going to happen. So we'd love people to come and be a part of it. Great. That that sounds like a ton of fun. Okay, cool. Well, I would like to remind you guys, our listeners and our watchers, um, please, 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 I know that you are not seeing these videos and listening to these sermons and going, I understand every single thing about that. If you're the person that says, oh, I've got a question, but they'll get some others, nah, post your question, comment your question, send it to us in the mail and a text message uh, over email and any of the contact information that you've got um, on this this um, podcast or this video or any of the other videos or Facebook posts or anything that we make. Um, we, we need you and we would love to, uh, to respond to your questions and as many as we can get. Don't feel like you're at all going to be, I'll be the one too many. No, you won't be. Um, because this is, that's what this is for. We want to ha- make this a conversation with each of you, and um, I hope that's what this is. I think it will be, yeah. yeah. Care if I close this out in a prayer? Not a bit. Please. Father, we are thankful for our time. Thank you for the lessons that Zach has learned along the way in his life, and me as well. Thank you, God, for uh, teaching us uh, what discipleship is, modeling it for us. Thank you for our wonderful families. I know Zach is uh, just thrilled for his wife and me, for my wife and our kids as well. And Lord, you just blessed us so much um, beyond our imagination. And Lord, help us with those blessings comes the responsibility of helping each person who is in our life to know you better and to know that you love them as much as we love this person. You love them infinitely more. And Father, we're thankful for that amazing love. And we bless you today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.